Hi everyone, I'm Greg Lambert, and this is the In Seclusion podcast miniseries. Today's guest is one of my favorite podcast hosts and joins me to tell me about how she and her staff are adjusting and how she's having to record her podcast in a closet in her apartment. Well, first of all, Amber, thanks for uh, taking a, a few minutes to talk with me. I know you're busy. Happy to be here with you. I feel like we are all busy, but in ways, it's just nice to have these things in the books where I get to see you through a screen, feel like I'm talking to another human being. It's great. Amber McKinney is the managing editor for Law360, and she is the host of the Law360 podcast, Pro Se. So looking back now, when did you see that this was going to be a major disruption for you personally and for Law360? Yeah, so a couple of things to answer that, I'd say. Law360 is part of the Lexus family, which is part of the broader Reed Elsevier company. So we have locations all around the world. So I think our upper management was looking at this all the way back in January, just mm -hmm. sort of monitoring, seeing what was going on. Our broader company has Asian offices that were hit much earlier than the U.S. But for Law360, we really started talking about it more and making contingency plans in March, the beginning of March. Well before we were all home, but about a couple weeks before, it started to feel more serious and like big things were coming. We're actually pretty lucky at Law360 in that we have always had a lot of employees that work from home periodically or are in remote locations. So in some ways, we were insulated from this problem because we were used to working from home. We just had to scale up and have us all doing it at once. And that's a big difference. Now, I know that you have a, a lot of reporters and others who do, like you said, work remotely. But if you're like us, we, we had some people that had never worked remotely. Did you have that situation? And, and how did you uh, get them ready to, to be remote workers? Well, we're lucky. We, we only had maybe a, a couple of outlier employees that didn't have some okay. personal equipment or other things where they were on occasion working from home. Uh, we ironically had already started up a, a program to make sure everyone had company issued laptops and, and other devices they needed. It was supposed to be a six month project and then it became a couple of week project. A six so day project. This was, yeah, this really <laughs> became um, a real burden for our tech team to deal with. Our, our support team there had a lot of work to do to make sure people had what they needed. But I would say even with that challenge, it's gone surprisingly smoothly. And I think it's because of what I said before, we're used to reporters who are coming out of a courthouse and popping into a coffee shop to write a story. So there's a lot of people that already had this in their tool belt. What about from customers? What are you, what are you hearing from them? Any, any types of changes in access? Well, I think I'd say a couple of things that one thing we really did have to think about as we went remote is just what the news would be. We're a legal news provider. So that's different than mainstream media that can just sort of switch with whatever the biggest story is of the day. We have a specific audience that's looking for actionable things that we write about that impact how they practice law. So there became a real question, both from customers and a question we asked ourselves about what happens as trials start being postponed or canceled? What happens uh, with filings? Are we going to see a dip in just how many suits we're seeing? And then we had questions about how do we address the coronavirus. I mean, there's obviously tons of mainstream coverage, but what do we do about giving information that's specific to the legal industry? So we sort of had to work through each of those. The easiest one, believe it or not, is the coronavirus part about how much news we would have and what we would cover. One of the big first decisions the company made 
was to make all of our content about COVID-19 outside of our paywall. Yeah. So anyone can access it. We feel like that's a, a service for the public and for the profession to make sure that that's all readily accessible. And I looked this up before our call here last month. So maybe just over a month, I checked from March 1st onward. We had about 1,500 coronavirus-related articles. Right. So there's plenty to write about and to think about. And we've run the gamut from talking about what courts are closing, what are staying open, different procedural rules, to also the nitty-gritty of what's going on at law firms. It's a tough time for them. So we've had a lot of COVID-related things to write about there as well. Yeah. And then in terms of the more traditional coverage, we don't want our whole operation to just become the coronavirus, even though it feels like it's encroaching on every aspect of both our personal and work lives. Yes. We wanted to make sure we're still telling an employment attorney what they need to know about the bread and butter of their practice. We're still telling an IP attorney what's going on with patent decisions out of the federal circuit, things like that. So we've had a lot of growing pains there in terms of having reporters talking to courthouses about ways that we can still listen to telephonic oral arguments, that we can still cover things via Zoom and, and Skype and, and Teams and all of those um, video conferencing options that many courts are employing now. So we want to be a part of that too, so we can still report out that news like we always have. And we also worried about what would happen with filings. I mean, are people going to be scared away? There's bigger life concerns right now than just right. litigation. But what we've seen just yesterday, we put out an article looking at some hard numbers on that. We partnered with Lex Machina, which is a, a sister company within Lexis. They provided us some details there about how filings from March 2018, March 2019, and this March are roughly the same. We've seen some downshifting in uh, the number of decisions courts have been able to churn out in the short term. But the filing pipeline is not slowing down. There's still plenty of litigation, lots of lawsuits and we don't really see a sign of that slowing. Hmm. So you get, your reporters have to be really creative on how they are getting to the information then. Yeah, I mean, we still have tons of documents that we're looking at like we always have. So hmm. that part remains really steady for us. And the creativity is coming in with, how are you getting the attorneys on the phone to talk to you? They're all dispersed all over the place. How are you getting to have access to those telephone and video conferences that they're using for things like oral arguments? Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is now the attorneys are getting used to doing these types of Zoom meetings. So maybe maybe that will help uh, in the future. <laughs> Honestly, I think um, we have plenty to feel downbeat about right now. I mean, just it's a really tough time just in general for everybody. But one upbeat thing is courts have notoriously been anti-technology and behind what people would consider just normal business practices. This might actually force their hand. They've, they've had to do it. They've had to adapt to keep the justice system going. And maybe we'll see as one tiny silver lining of all this, that some of those things stick. Yep. Like we've said a lot, uh, don't let an emergency go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of creativity, uh, one of the things that you do that's very creative is you host the weekly Pro Se podcast from Law 360. Now, I know you guys took uh, like a three-week hiatus, but you were back last week. Each of, uh, each of the uh, hosts were in their own locations, but we um, how, how are things going there? Well, uh, thanks for bringing up Pro Se. You've always been a big supporter of the show, and I've really appreciated it. So me and my two co-hosts, Bill and Alex, we were itching to get back to the show. I can imagine. We took a break mostly because we are in the New York area. So we've been pretty hard hit and had to sort of sort ourselves out before we jumped into to next steps. And we also have a 
fairly highly produced show. We have a great pair of producers, um, Stephen Trader and Kelly Marcano, who work really hard on the show. And so we didn't want the sound quality to dip too much from what is a traditional per se episode. So we had right. to work on some equipment and setups in all of our houses. We had to watch our um, producers laugh at the three hosts trying to get it all right. Um, <laughs> but we worked through that. And right now on this very call, I'm in my um, quote unquote studio talking to you. My studio is my closet. Yep. You can see my shoes behind me. But that's the links we're going to these days. It's a place that has good sound in my apartment. Yeah, and I, um, I and I can verify that you have a a quite a number of shoes back there. <laughs> the guys also <laughs> loved seeing this. Um, so you know, it's been you got to bring some levity to these things. That's, but that's all right. <laughs> in terms of getting back to per se, the hurdles there was really just getting the tech set up for each one of us, and then our producer is having to splice through three audio recordings to make it all mesh together. So he's got a little more work than us as hosts do. In terms of the show itself, we're getting on video calls and then we're recording our own audio and putting it together. And I can't tell you how nice it is to see my co-hosts faces, even if we're not in the same studio together. I think it's really easy to forget during these times how background draining all of this is for everyone's productivity and how they feel about work. So trying to reintroduce them that normalcy was really, really nice. Well, it's, it's good to listen to the three of you. It it still feels like you're kind of in the same place. (laughs) I mean, it helps that we like each other and we're excited to be back together. So I think that comes through in the show. And obviously we have a ton to talk about. I mean, we got to spend our whole first show back running down the changes that have happened in just three weeks since we were last on the air. Yeah. And and I know we're at the beginning of this. Um, as this extends on into the late spring, maybe even in, into June, maybe July, who knows? What are some of the things that you're concerned about, both with Law 360 and with the legal industry, as this, as this elongates into the summer? Yeah. I think it's an interesting time to talk to you because I know some of your early episodes of the show, it was people talking about how they adjusted what we were doing now, but now it does feel like we've pivoted into, all right, what's your long game? How are you going to do this as a new version of normal? And we're certainly thinking about that at Law360 as well. I'd say the biggest thing, I mean, we talked about how it was relatively simple for our writers and managers to all be online together. I'd say the harder thing is that journalists love to talk to other people. We are social just by nature for the most part. You usually get into journalism because you want to hear people's stories. You love being around the water cooler together. That's what you want to do. And so that's been a real challenge in terms of morale, keeping everybody feeling productive, keeping them happily writing things, coming up with new ideas is harder because you're not out and about having source meetings and things like that. And also we're dealing with the same thing every company is. A lot of people have young kids. They're trying to balance that. We've had staff members dealing with COVID-19 illnesses or caring for people that are sick. So we've really had to change things like our leave policies to accommodate all of those things to make sure people are coming first instead of just this march to try to act like nothing crazy is going on right now. Right. Um, <laughs> I think that's just going to continue. I mean, I, I hate to even call this a new normal because everything is so upside down right now. But I think we just have to adapt into that mode of giving one another a little more space uh, to, to be able to perform it the best we can at this time. And also checking in a lot. I've had a million Zoom uh, meetings with my team. I've had um, happy hours with people. My manager colleagues, we've started a Law360 TV club 
So, you know, just <laughs> little things that we normally would just chat in the office and it's a way to keep us up in it. Excellent. Well, Amber, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Sure. Happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks again to Amber McKinney from Law360 for joining me today. Remember, we may all be in seclusion, but we're in this together. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at, at Glambert. In Seclusion is produced by Janice Anderson. The music is from Jerry David DeSecca. I'll see you on Monday after the holidays.